do 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 Making your way in the world today takes everything you got. This comes to us from Jordan Maywood. Next up, we have Jordan. He's going to tell a joke. Got an answer for Jordan Maywood. Yes, Wood May. Hello, this is Penn Gillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the Liberal Cube podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I could potentially enjoy it. Eh, I'll ring an endorsement, I guess. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello. Oh, God. Hello. <coughs> what the frick? Hello. Welcome to the Libro Cube. My name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the lackadaisical Libro Cubergalus. This show is like a journal where I talk about the things my brain has consumed so they do not sit up there and fester and slowly drive me mad. You may not have consumed some of this media yourself, so feel free. No? So I feel like I should warn of that possibility. <clears throat> Last, but not least, in an idea stolen from John Gabrus, I offer to you the following deal. Rate the podcast five stars in iTunes, and I will read just about anything you put in the review. Easy peasy socrates I will now push a button that will start a series of five five-minute timers like this. Jesus. Okay. Uh, I have to say something. It started off with not being able to talk, then screwed up the opening, which uh, if you listen to last episode 401, uh, you will know that I have a new opening that I'm trying out. And uh, the last one I did 400 plus times, so I had it down pretty good. Uh, this one, this is only my second time doing it. So please, bear that in mind. The last thing is, I pushed a button, and I somehow missed pushing the button. No excuse for that. That is just a sign that this episode is going to be horrible, and I would probably turn it off right now if I were you. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to review some things. Monologue. Today's movie monologue sponsor is the Russell Case Rehabilitation Center. Today is a good day to quit drinking. Thank you for that sponsorship. Movie the first, Independence Day. Yes, that Independence Day from 1996. So I was a young man of born in 81, 91. I can't math. You do it. Um... And also felt like I hadn't seen it in a while, uh, combined with uh, the new Independence Day, uh, just released somewhat recently, I guess. Uh, so figured, hey, why not do as I did with the Resident Evil franchise and watch one a week for, well, uh, two weeks, anyways. Um, this movie stands up. I don't think, uh, probably not too many people would argue with that. 
This, to me, when someone says the phrase summer blockbuster, this is the first movie that pops into my mind is this movie. Uh, if you're if you haven't seen it, that's insane. Uh, in, in fact, I think the missus said she hadn't seen it, and I tried to entice her to watch it, but no, ridiculous, ridiculous. The aliens are coming, and their goal is to invade and destroy Earth. Uh huh. Fighting superior technology, mankind's best weapon is the will to survive. Yeah. Uh, do I really have to explain the movie Independence Day to you? I feel like the amount of people who haven't seen this has to be slim. Anyone listening to a podcast probably has seen the movie Independence Day. Is that a safe assumption? I don't know. Tell you what. I like to try, and I'm almost always unsuccessful to get audience participation. If you are listening to this and have not seen the movie Independence Day, tweet at me, Jordan underscore Maywood. I want to know... Because uh, that is weird, and you're a weirdo, and I fucking love weirdos. So, by the very definition of what I just said, I love you. Independence Day gets a 5 out of 5. One thing this movie did do, which it had never done before, uh, is get me excited for the new Independence Today, and that'll be next week, so... Uh, probably, I assume, because I never really heard anything about it, uh, my hopes for the goodness of that movie are probably too high, but what the hell. Uh, moving on, uh, movie the second, Accidental Courtesy, colon, Daryl Davis, uh, Race and America. So, in these, uh, uh, times, this is a very interesting subject, uh, not that I don't think it ever wouldn't be, uh, basically, if you boil this down, uh, it is a bio- biographical, uh, documentary about a man, a black man, who, uh, has become friendly, uh, jeez, like, how do you even explain it? Yeah, I suppose you could, has become friendly with the Ku Klux Klan. Um, black people on Ku Klux Klan don't mix as a sort of general rule. But he has taken the sort of thought that seemingly has had impact uh, that if you just talk to these people like normal people, despite the fact that they are not, obviously, um, that is better than just yelling at them and saying, you're fucking idiots. Uh, There is seemingly some logic here in the fact that he has had over the course of his, uh, let's call it a career doing this, has had quite a number of uh, former, now, clans members, uh, sort of, uh, let's call it retire from the Ku Klux Klan and give him their, uh, their robes, their ceremonial robes. So just that fact alone means that his life has been one that is interesting and has created good in the world by removing evil. I think that's something you can say. Uh, just a fascinating documentary. Rating-wise, I'll go solid four to five. Uh, the the music of the documentary, because he is a uh, musician, uh, brings it up, I think, maybe even to a five out of five. So, like that. Uh, next, we have a movie called Why Him? Question mark. Uh, this stars uh, uh, James Franco... And Brian Cranston in a sort of typical, been done a million times, but did it okay in this. Uh, father, 
being protective of his daughter, daughter dating a real weird dude in the form of James Franco, who I think in real life, bit of a weird dude. So probably a, a, a good role for him here. Uh, there was laughs in this. Uh, you got Megan Mullally. Uh, you got... Uh, who else do we got? Cedric the Entertainer. Yeah, well, he didn't have a, a large role. Uh, this quite a few names you will recognize throughout. Um, Rating-wise, uh, I'll go three to four. If you are unfamiliar with my rating scale, uh, threes are for enjoyed while watching, but probably wouldn't watch again. Uh, I can't think of a reason why I would really watch this again, but, uh, Brian Cranston, impossible for him to be bad in a movie, I think. So there, uh, as you've heard, we're already out of time, so I should be stopping, but because it's my podcast and I podcast how I want to. Podcast, how it went happen to you. Da, 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 da. Uh, sometimes I don't listen to the timer, basically. A movie, speaking of not listening to timers, nice segue, that doesn't mean anything. Uh, Chaos on the Bridge, another documentary. Uh, this one featuring, oh, it's his writer and director, and also narrator, uh, William Shatner. Uh, so this is all about the first season, mostly, uh, the sort of start-up of uh, uh, Star Trek The Next Generation, and how initially things were pretty, I guess you would say, chaotic. Hmm. Uh, I heard about this a bunch of times, and uh, had never been able to find it. Luckily, finally did. I, I think I heard about it on... Uh, Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Ooh, did, did I remember a name? This uh, podcast, uh, Star Trek: The Next Conversation. I, I think they spoke of this movie. Uh, and and, it, and if you have interest in Star Trek, this will be fascinating to you. Uh, rating wise, I think I'm going to go five out of five, uh, with the caveat that if you have no interest in Star Trek, a Star Trek uh, themed documentary probably not as interesting to you as it would be to me. Hmm, asterisks. Uh, last, uh, and this sort of goes in line of hearing of people talk of a movie on a podcast and then saying, hey, I guess I'll watch it from their talk of it. And that movie is Cobra. Uh, I had seen this a long time ago. Bits and pieces of it were familiar. Uh, Adam Carolla on his podcast had spoken of this movie like, Friggin' every episode for two weeks, seemingly, and it still comes up sometimes. It's not that great. <laughs> it's not good enough to be talking about that. It is your typical uh, dumb uh, 80s action flick. Uh, so if you go into it with that in mind, it's fine. But even by that standard, this one... Uh, you know what? I was never such a Stallone fan for action movies compared to... Uh, Schwarzenegger, like if I had to choose I would definitely go Schwarzenegger uh, Stallone, I, I don't know it's just something about him uh, didn't do it for me back in the 80s watching super uh, uh, violent action movies when I probably shouldn't have been I'd lean more towards Schwarzenegger, so rating wise geez, I, I'd go as low as a 2 uh, maybe higher if you like these sorts of movies, which I do I don't know I don't know.
convoluted rating. Today's Television Talk sponsor is the C-Fee Network. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, I uh, got a program I had never seen before in that it is brand new. In fact, uh, watched the very first episode not too long ago. I think there may be, by the time I'm recording this, four or five episodes in. Uh, the show in question is, of course, Cosplay Melee. Oh, what is this show? Uh, it's on the Sci-Fi Channel. Uh, I should mention at this point that as a cord cutter, I do not actually have the Sci-Fi Channel and thought I could get this on their website. Could not. There doesn't seem to be a Canadian way to get it, which sometimes there is. Like City TV uh, is where I watch Modern Family, for example. Uh, so this was not easy to find. Why would I... Uh, make such an effort to find a television program because uh one of the hosts slash judges i suppose you would say of this program is another another than the lovely leanna vamp who uh is one of the nicest and most beautiful women uh, i have ever met in my life so there's that thank god the missus does not listen to this <laughs> ah, she knows of my love. Uh, I have a, a, a signed, uh, autographed uh, picture of her hanging in the room I'm in right now, so the missus is aware. Uh, Leanna Vamp is a famous cosplayer who I've met uh, a handful of times now. Uh, give myself a little plug here by saying, uh, if you were to Google Nerd Kane Adventures, uh, you could see uh, probably thousands now. I would imagine pictures of... Uh, cosplayers, famous nerdy folk, uh, a whole bunch of weird things, just period. Uh, basically, it is me taking a cane, getting it autographed, uh, then handing a said cane to confused cosplayers and asking for their picture. One of those confused cosplayers uh, was and has been a numerous times Leanna Vamp. So uh, when I found out she was going to be on the show, I'm like, God damn right, I want to watch that show. Uh, it is hosted by someone else I like, uh, what is her name? I want to make sure I get everyone's name here. Uh, oh yeah, uh, Yvette N Nicole Brown, or Yvette, who you may know from Community. Yeah, I like her. I like her, like Leanna Vamp, and then, uh, other host judge guy, Christian Beckman, who I had never heard of, but, uh, seems like a nice guy. Uh, okay, so what is the show? Basically, it is sort of your top chef, your uh, uh, people coming on to uh, cook cakes, uh, cake wars, cupcake wars, various other war shows, uh, melee war, okay. Um, but in place of all those boring things, uh, it has cosplay. So you'll have uh, four cosplayers come on. Uh, given a task to complete a uh, costume, a, a theme, uh, in which they have to create a cosplay within a given amount of time. And then, uh, the way they did it was uh, three people will go on from the initial four, 
which is kind of interesting. I would hate to be that one person who didn't even make it through the first round, knowing that uh, the three other had until the very end of the show. Uh, that's got to feel not great. Uh, and, and then at the very end of the show, you have the chance to win $10,000. Also, you get the whole notoriety thing of being an uh, amazing cosplayer. And i got to say, even the person who was eliminated in this first episode, they all did a really amazing work, especially in the time and the pressure. Uh, it was a fascinating thing to see. Like, I have taken... As I say, I think I must be into the thousands of pictures of cosplayers. And some of the things that these people do uh, is really incredible. So to see a little behind the scenes at how some of this stuff happens uh, was a show that I very much liked. If it was easier for me to find, <laughs> I would make it a regular watch. Uh, I should perhaps say on that note... Uh, I watched it on YouTube, it was shitty quality, and that has now been taken down due to copyright. <laughs> so, make it available in Canada, please. Conan, the librarian. Don't you know the Dewey Decimal System? Book banter. Today's book banter sponsor is Gods of Chaos Dice Makers Incorporated. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, so uh, if you're listening along, I'm doing a... Uh, it's, it's two trilogies, but they are connected in that uh, the, 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 the next... These three take place uh, 18... 20-ish years after the first trilogy. So uh, uh, they all take place in the same sort of universe. The universe, I should mention, is the Forgotten Realms. Oh, D&D stuff. Uh, specifically, in this case, we're talking Prophet of Moonshay, which is uh, book number one of Druid Home. Love me some druids. Uh, book one in the new Druid Home trilogy picks up where the popular Moonshade trilogy left off, uh, righting the great wrong that remained at the conclusion of the original series. Now, evil threatens the island. Uh, okay, so let's leave it off there, uh, as far as their description. These groups of islands, the Moonshade Islands, seemingly all the evil gods, and there are a lot of them, fucking hate them. <laughs> like, you can't go... You, you can't go a year without evil gods trying to turn your entire group of islands uh, well, evil. Trying to kill all humans and elves and all, all the quote-unquote good races. Uh, which is something that... Uh, kind of funny that uh, in this Forgotten Realms there are the quote-unquote good races. <laughs> uh, yeah, you wouldn't want that on Earth. Perhaps that is what the uh, Nazis from the movie I uh, spoke of earlier, the Ku Klux Klan. Maybe that's what they're working towards. The old, uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, this takes place, as I said, about 18 years. The reason I know it takes place about 18 years after the original is because it stars uh, the daughter's yeah, plural, uh, of the original main characters from the first trilogy, which is a cool idea. Uh, the other thing I like is throughout this, you will see and hear things 
that will remind you of things from the previous trilogy, but 20 years later, so we'll sort of see how this has progressed. Uh, the other reason I like this so far is because uh, it's given me some ideas for my own uh, Dungeons & Dragons campaign that I'm uh, going to be running soon, which uh, maybe there'll be some sort of podcast interaction with that, I, I should mention. Hopefully. Uh, I don't know what yet. Okay, so uh, uh, rating-wise... Uh, I'll go with solid four to five, and uh, one of the things I like of this is that uh, the main character uh, is a girl, strong female, uh, who has a sister, also strong female, uh, which is sort of something that you don't see. Like, this was written in, uh, let me check the Goodreads, uh, written in 1992, uh, so I feel like to have a strong female lead in a uh, fantasy trilogy, uh, I, I want to say that wasn't the norm, but uh, good for Douglas Niles, uh, author of this, that uh, he sort of said, you know what? Yeah, women can be tough and strong. So if, I hope, uh, you are a woman who has yet to sort of make a foray into the world of fantasy novels, uh, potentially this would be a good start or somewhere to get uh, your kids into. Yeah, let's throw that out there. Let's give it an extra mark for that alone, even. Five out of five. Oh my, convoluted rating. But what are you going to do, right? Today's game, Gavin's sponsor, is Yeti Blankets. Okay, I uh, got a new old game here for you, specifically Neverwinter Nights. Oh, I heard of this one from Bioware back in, what year? 2002. Well, you know what, I would have thought it was even older than that. Uh, okay, so uh, I think I... Did I do Baldur's Gate 1 and 2 on this not too long ago? Well, that, uh, the the playing of those sort of uh, sparked the desire to play this, which uh, came out roughly around the same time. Uh, I don't know if that's necessarily true, actually, but they are very, very similar, almost identical in terms of uh, gameplay. Uh, it, in fact, I think they are, I, they're using the same engine, just about everything's the same other than, you know, story, characters, uh, maybe some of the items. Well, no, definitely some of the items within. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with the style of game, Neverwinter Nights, Baldur's Gate, uh, innumerable others, uh, I think you would classify them as dungeon crawlers. Uh, top-down, isometric perspective, uh, turn-based if you want it. You can actually turn that ability on. But uh, basically what it boils down to is you, your character, and usually, and uh, I made a, a, a band of three different characters, uh, will travel the realms um, trying to solve an issue. Uh, maybe there'll be side quests. 
you'll fight evil, or maybe you'll help evil. This is basically at least how it has a, a sort of feel to me, and I think what they're going for is turning the game, the I was going to say board game, the role-playing game Dungeons & Dragons, into a video game. In, in fact, you can see some of the numbers, like hit points and and Thacko, because this is old school, uh, behind the scenes. Like how much damage your sword does is represented by a number, uh, how much damage the bad guy you are hitting uh, takes by said sword before it dies, represented by number, and all that sort of behind the scenes for the most part. Um, that's it at its core. Uh, my favorite thing of these games, apparently, uh, is just creating characters at the beginning. Like, uh, just on that note, I played this for, you know, uh, quite a number of hours, like maybe 12 so, like, a, a fair number, and I got it on sale, I think it was like $12, so a dollar an hour, <laughs> not too bad. But uh, a lot of that was at the beginning, just getting my character set up, getting them where I like them, uh, doing some shopping, getting them outfitted with some cool shit, uh, picking skills, picking spells, stuff like that. Like, the setup of the characters, I spend probably a freakish amount of time maybe it's not a freakish amount of time uh further audience participation we could do while you're tweeting at me about whatever the other thing i asked about that i don't even remember uh you could let me know uh, how much time you spend in character creation screens versus actually playing the game uh do you think you spend too much time i don't know too what's too much if you're having fun uh, okay, so that'll bring us to rating. Um, does it hold up? Uh, yeah, like I'll, I'll go three. I'll, I'll go a solid three out of five. Some cool four out of five moments. Uh, I will say I didn't play it to completion. I got kind of bored and wanted to move on to other things. So maybe I won't give it that four. I'll stick with a three. Uh, yeah. That's uh, that's sort of where these often sit for me. Is I, I get excited at first, and then that excitement wanes. Because a game made in 2002, there's some things that you, you lack in a, that, that you'll have in a modern game. Like, uh, if you were to take Neverwinter Nights or a Baldur's Gate uh, and, and create it today, it probably would be Skyrim, which is better, just period. intercourse sponsor is the Bobby Lee hand glue peel kit. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, so uh, first item is not so much an item as a person uh, by the name of Casey Neistat. He is a super, super famous YouTube uh, personality that I have just heard of, kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of, uh, in the last month or so, has sort of shown up on my radar, which shows, I suppose, how out of touch I am. Hmm. Uh, but because I don't 
Like, I don't really have anyone to talk about all the things I watch on YouTube with. Like, the missus is not a big YouTube watcher or a searcher of, and none of my friends are. Uh, this is my only real output here is this podcast to talk about uh, YouTube related things. Like I don't have people saying, Oh, uh, you like that guy on YouTube? Why don't you check out this guy? Um, the only way it happens is sort of naturally fluidly, uh, when I see maybe a Casey Neistat mentioned on something else I'm watching and, and it sort of grows and flows like a fungus, uh, where I'll slowly be exposed to new uh, new people. That happened with... Uh, oh, shit. What the fuck is his name? Uh, I've spoken of him on this podcast. I really like him. Talks with his hands a lot. Sort of Casey Neistat Lee. James Franco. James Franco. No, Philip DeFranco. Philip DeFranco. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so him I really like. And I think... Well, you know what? I don't know. That's the other thing. I, I kind of don't know like I could never pinpoint how I came across these guys. Uh, but this Casey Neistat character, uh, I've now subscribed to his channel. Uh, when I do that, I don't do that willy nilly with people. I'll sort of first go on someone's channel and then watch maybe five, maybe 10 videos of theirs before I decide if I'm going to subscribe. I'm a very picky subscriber. Uh, so I think he will potentially be in the normal rotation now. So just wanted to say, welcome, Casey Neistat, to Internet Intercourse and my uh, subscription uh, of, of YouTube. Huh? <laughs> okay, uh, moving on to Noclip, The Witness. Ah, I have not yet not brought back. Oh boy, uh, a Noclip yet. Uh, these are from uh, none other than my favorite, Mr. Oh boy, I'm having a bad name day today. I fucking love this guy, too. Uh, Danny O'Dwyer. Danny O'Dwyer, sorry. Uh, he doing yet another amazing job. Uh, this one in the form of the video game uh, The Witness and sort of getting behind the scenes and talking to the creator, who is a interesting dude. I, I think that's... If you saw the documentary about indie games, I think it was called Indie Games, the, the movie or something like that, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jonathan Blow. So interesting name as well. Uh, he created this game, and it's a game that uh, I've sort of debated purchasing on so many numerous occasions that I've lost count. Uh, the thing that always sort of shied me away is something I speak of fairly often in uh, Game Gabin, and that is the older I get, the less I like difficultly frustrating games just because I don't feel like I have the time. Maybe that's a whole death thing there. Or uh, just because now that I have uh, some funds, I don't have to stick with one game until I play the bejeebas out of it to get my money's worth. I, and I have sort of games waiting for me to play. That sort of uh, idea of the grass is always greener on the other side is worse when you have... Uh, uh, a bunch of games waiting to play that you haven't touched when you're playing a game that's frustrating you. Uh, which is not probably a good thing to do as a human being, but 
Humans are weak, myself included. Uh, this, I don't know if this, this, the, uh, watching this sort of behind the scenes talk with Jonathan Blow and about the witness and seeing all the gameplay footage, uh, I don't know if it made me want to play it more or less. It really stra straddled the line between the two. Uh, like, I, I will admit, I did look to see how much it was on Steam right after watching this video, and probably, if it was like 10 bucks, I would buy it. But, uh, I think it was like 40 bucks, so... Maybe one time in the far distant future I will find myself playing The Witness. But uh, at the very least, very happy to have watched the documentary that Danny O'Dwyer has made here. That is incredible, and that I recommend. Uh, okay, next we have The Laud, L-A-W-D. Oh yeah, this is another sort of fits into the thinking of adding to my regular watch. Uh, there's this guy on YouTube, L-A-W-D. Uh, he is and has gone to every secondary location in Skyrim and filmed a little couple minute video about each. Uh, apparently it took him years. The dedication is insane. The videos, uh, I watched the first five, I think. I'm thinking because there's like a hundred plus of them. Uh, maybe I'll watch five a week. It's uh, sort of a, a cool little man. Uh, 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 th this dude put so much time and effort into this cool little thing that no one else on earth has done. I can almost guarantee. Uh, and because my love of the game Skyrim meant that I considered doing something like this. But just the time. <laughs> just the time I do not have. Uh, maybe I can live vicariously through him. Uh, next I have Kasim and Bobby Lee. Oh. Yeah, uh, did I already bring back Kasim G and his new, uh, YouTube show? I feel like I already did. If I didn't, um, uh, I should have. And if I have... It's worth mentioning again. Uh, Kasim G is back on YouTube after a year-plus hiatus, uh, and he's got this new show where he'll uh, interview people in a, like, Airstream trailer, I guess. It's very weird, very strange, and uh, I like it. Uh, which also describes what I just said. <laughs> also describes Bobby Lee. Very weird, very strange, and I like him. Uh, yeah, there's, uh, it's basically an interview that you have to see for yourself, and things will pop up that will shock you, and they seemingly in the interview just gloss over, uh, which I fucking love. Uh, the interaction of these two, it's hard to tell what's going on. Like, uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to talk of. Hey, apparently. Uh, lastly, we have the Duncan Trussell Family Hour with guest Adam Strauss. Uh, this was good for a couple of reasons, one of which was uh, Duncan Trussell at the top of the show spoke of his uh, return uh, to uh, depression, which uh, ballsy of him uh, in the regard of uh, depression is something that uh, people sort of, uh, even though it shouldn't be, Still to this day, people are uh, sh not shy. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They're, they don't want it out in the open. It, it's something that is sort of behind closed doors. And it shouldn't be for the reason that lots of people have it. 
myself included, have had my struggles with depression, uh, been hospitalized for it, for example. Uh, and the older I get, potentially because it's the older I get, and potentially because I'm moving farther away from my very serious bouts with depression, the, the easier it is to talk about. But he, Duncan Trussell, who is sort of in it right now, uh, was able to talk about it. So uh, kudos to him. And, and something he spoke of while speaking of it was the fact that talking about it does help. Uh, so uh, last and final audience participation, if you, listening to this, suffer from depression, never need someone to uh, to talk to it about, I'm willing because I had people... Uh, they were professionals <laughs> who helped me through it. Uh, I have people to this day who I I know if I ever felt it returning, I could talk to. Uh, the missus, obviously, being number one there. Uh, you can uh, tweet at me. We can have a dialogue, public or private. Hey, I'm here for you. Oh, That's probably the nicest and most sincere thing I've ever said on the podcast, and I immediately regret it. Uh, uh, his guest Adam Strauss was on to talk about uh, his uh, journey to Peru and taking ayahuasca. I've heard similar stories before and they always fascinate me. This one no different. I don't know if I would have the the, the balls to do it myself, but you know what, I, I feel like I added under the category, which probably another not good human thing to do, which is the category of, uh, if I won the lottery, that's something I would do. Yeah, like, you, I, I suppose it's okay for you as a human being to have those thoughts of things, but uh, there's also the thought that, you know what, do you really need the lottery to do these things? Just do them. Like, if, if I really, really wanted to, I could go to Peru and take ayahuasca. I could make it happen. It is possible. It is within the realm of possibility. Um, but that's just where my brain's at, which you have, over the course of this episode, delved, delvided into probably more than is healthy. But I will say, to wrap this up in a neat little bow, as I like to do, that... It is nice to be nice to the nice. Done and done. And I mean done. Done and done. (laughs) I like Ron. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean. Buts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day. 